If you're happy with the same old ways of dating, if you enjoy sucking at communication, and you have no desire to improve your romantic life, then our podcast might not be for you. But you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships, broaden your sexual horizons, develop a better understanding of yourself, or learn more about non-monogamy, then you've come to the right place. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. And this is the Multi-Amory Podcast. On this episode of the Multi-Amory Podcast, we are talking about emotional responsibility, otherwise known as owning your shit. That's right. We're going to be talking about what it means to be responsible for your emotions, both, uh, you know, finding that balance, not being too responsible for them, but also taking ownership of them. Uh, It's a very important topic and one that's very close to all of us because it's something that all of us have have struggled with in the past on either side of it and currently struggle with all the time, right? Like this is an ongoing thing, learning to understand your emotions and manage them in the best way possible. Yeah. Honestly, there have been times in my life where I, I just think that like human relationships are just too emotional and I kind of long for dating a Vulcan. Oh, I see. Yeah. There's some days when I feel like that. Like, can I just have an emotion of pure, or sorry, a relationship of pure logic? <laughs> I'm sick of <laughs> all of these wibbly too. wobbly f- feelings. I'm tired of this shit. Mm-hmm. Well, it's challenging if one of you is super emotional and then the other one is not. Yeah. That can provide problems as well. For yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, I also think that, that, I mean, come on, let's, let's be real, Dedeker. Like, Vulcans, at least Spock does have emotions, right? Spock is yes. half human, though. He is half human. I know. That's oh, why that's I made right. the caveat. That's why I was like, well, well... Right. But I would also argue that based on some of the Star Trek lore, it does seem that all of them actually do have emotions. They have They're some. Just it's really just about the way that they them. process it. Yes, that's the thing. And honestly, actually, I really didn't, even get, didn't get on the Vulcan train until I had a sex dream about uh, Zachary Quinto, Dr. Spock. Um, oh, well, who hasn't, though? Oh, God. And ever since then, it's just, yeah. No, I feel like all of my sex dreams about him, though, were when he was on Heroes as Siler. But he was a bad guy on Heroes. No, I know, but he was so Better than when he was in in American Horror Story. (gasps) Oh, my God. He was really bad in that. He was great, but bad. Yeah. Well, let's not talk about emotional responsibility. Let's just talk about sexy Zachary Zachary Quinto. Quinto. Oh, God. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um... Okay, but but seriously though, um, <laughs> but seriously though, Zachary Quinto, <laughs> that face. <laughs> I'm sorry, but he seriously is, yes. though, emotional responsibility. What the heck is emotional responsibility? That's you know an what? excellent question. Yeah, that's a great question. I'm glad that you asked. Yeah, so I think it's it's understanding that your emotions come from you and not from other people. I've I've mm-hmm. definitely been in a situation or I've been in other situations like with myself and with my partners where somebody says, hey, like you made me feel X. Yeah. And that's not mm-hmm. necessarily taking emotional responsibility for what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Right. The idea that someone else or something else makes you feel something. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And of it, course, and of course, always your emotions are going to be influenced by external factors. You know, we're not saying mm-hmm. that 
you know anything you feel you're just totally making it up um right sure right but yeah the fact that there is the influence but ultimately your emotional response comes from you you know no one can generally actually hold a gun to your head and make you feel something that's true right that they would be holding the gun to your head which would be triggering fear in you (laughs) 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 but they're not actually making you feel the fear it's like this weird subtle difference but it's but it's important um, and yeah. I would say the second part of emotional responsibility is taking ownership for your emotional responses and the way that you react to your emotions. Yeah. For example, I, I'm not always going to be able to control when I feel an emotion. So, you know, maybe you make me really angry. I just said you make me feel angry. You guys were supposed to yell at me for that. No. Um, right? Say you did that. something and then I felt I felt angry because of, you know, related to something that happened. That triggered anger in me. Either way, I still have I still have control over how I react to that. Mm. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I can make the choice to punch you in the face or yell at you or Don't do that cry about it or you know take a moment to like breathe and think about it right there's a lot of different options but whatever i choose i'm responsible for that yeah right that i have mm-hmm. ownership for my own emotional reactions yeah, yeah. Dedeker, did you want to sure. do the third part of this yeah i think i think the third part of emotional responsibility is also kind of having an awareness um to recognize the temporary nature of emotions um and this one can be really hard, you know, because especially when you're in the middle of a negative emotion, it's so easy to feel like, oh, God, this is my life forever from now on, yeah. you know. Like, <laughs> right. And so, I mean, sometimes, obviously, this can happen on a clinical level, you know, like with chronic depression, mm-hmm. um, you know, where you can get at the bottom of that depression well and it feels like nothing's going to come out of it. But, but to not take it to that clinical level, just talking about, you know, kind of everyday emotional response that you know, maybe someone triggers you and you get really angry or something disappointing happens at work and you get really frustrated that, mm-hmm. um, you know, part of emotional responsibility is recognizing like, yeah, things suck right now in this moment, but like, it's going to pass mm-hmm. or things suck right now, but I know that this is not who I am, or I know that this is not what my life is, or I know that this is not what existence is. Um, yeah. uh, so I think Gr- that's another important factor of it. Can you, can you hit us with that, that info about like the lifespan of, of emotions that, that I, I can't remember where you learned oh, about yeah, this yeah, on yeah. Like a, a retreat or in some sort of well, Buddhist thing or uh, what? this is, this is, a little bit controversial because I, I couldn't really find the actual science to back this up. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's kind of tossed around is that um, when you experience some kind of emotion, whether it's happiness or sadness or or frustration or jealousy or whatever, um, you know, those are usually attached to some kind of physical sensations in the body. You mm-hmm. know, maybe when you're angry, your face starts to feel flushed. Or maybe when you're mm-hmm. feeling scared, your stomach c- kind of starts to twist. Um you know, usually that's how we even know we're having an emotion at all, um, is because there's some kind of physical response in the body. Um, yeah. If you do not actually feed that physical response, like as in if, you know, you suddenly get a thought of fear, if you don't sit there and kind of obsessively think about the thing that you're afraid of or start to, to think about all the ways things could be worse or start to panic... Um, that physical sensation in your body does not last very long, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and people quote a variety of, of 
duration. Some people say, you know, it only lasts about 60 seconds or 90 seconds. Some people say it lasts as short as seven seconds. Um, if you mm-hmm. let that physical sensation just arise and pass that without feeding it, then it's actually quite short. Um, which, again, yeah. you know, I couldn't find any kind of actual information to back that up. I can speak from anecdotal experience that I found that to be actually quite true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. yeah. And it's, it's a tricky one, too, because um, I, this is something I notice a lot in the workplace, is that complaining about something that you're feeling, we have this social glue of like I complain about something and then you complain about it too or you agree with me about Mm. complaining about it and that's how we sort of bond with each other but really what we're doing is we're feeding that cycle like we're still feeding that feeling so you it doesn't actually make you feel any better even though it might feel like it is at the moment Um, Mm. but you know like I know that uh, there was a big campaign a few years ago you know it was on Oprah whatever about like stopping complaining um, that, oh yeah, right. Yeah, that you can you be did upset that for about a while, stuff. Jess, right? It's something that I always kind of try to keep in mind, and sometimes I'm better than others about it. But um, yeah. it's yeah, it definitely makes a difference, though. Like when you're feeding that by complaining, mm-hmm. you do tend to feel those feelings more often. Yeah. So I feel like when we talk about emotional responsibility, um, kind of the easiest access point is to talk about what's probably going to be a familiar experience to many people, which is the experience of, of not taking emotional responsibility. Um, uh-huh. Either yourself not taking responsibility or being with a partner else, or, a, yeah. or a person, yeah, who doesn't take responsibility. Right. Um, and um, we've all been guilty of this at some point. Sure. And mm-hmm. we've all also been on the receiving end of this. But it's things like, you know, when conflict breaks out between you and a partner and you say to your partner, well, you did this thing and you made me angry. Um, right. Or you, or you left and went out on a date and you made me feel lonely. Um, Mm -hmm. or you were texting with someone else and you made me feel jealous. Um, right. And so, and so that's, it's this interesting thing because it's not like we're telling you that you can't say that you felt jealous or you can't say that you felt angry. You can't say that you felt sad, but it's that it's pinning it on your partner. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. even though it may seem so totally logical, you know, in our, in our brain, it seems so totally logical. Like they did this thing. I got angry. So they did this to me. Yeah. Cause and effect. Um, uh, but again, as we established at the beginning, you know, your emotions come solely from you. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's, pretty much never just the result of an external factor it's also the result of all kinds of causes and conditions mm-hmm. and triggers and neuroses um, and assumptions yeah. within you and also going with that is the idea that if a partner does something that triggers that feeling in you that that they that that somehow you're stuck there forever now that they've mm-hmm. like permanently mm-hmm. changed or like at least long-term changed your mental state right mm-hmm. and that's not mm-hmm. necessarily true um, yeah. But but I definitely yeah, know I've gone to that place before, um, you know, and I've had partners that have where it's just like, ah, you made me feel this way and now I can't ever feel another way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I've just been destroyed by this yeah. thing. I think this is also related to um, sometimes we can kind of get trapped in this phenomenon of, of feeling like, well, something happened and I feel hurt. Therefore, mm-hmm. you hurt me. Yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. Yeah. And and this has come up a lot with people that I've coached, actually, because especially with couples, you know, who are kind of feeling out the initial 
bumps of opening up a relationship um of kind of reassuring people that you might be doing everything completely correctly um Mm -hmm. and your partner may still feel hurt but that doesn't mean that you did something wrong or telling someone like you know everything may be going totally smooth but you may suddenly still feel jealous and that doesn't mean that your partner did something wrong and it doesn't mean that like you've done something wrong um yeah right there yeah, is, especially right. with yeah. the jealousy thing, There's that's a really important differentiation, I think, to be aware of because so often we will feel things um, if we're new to polyamory or even if we're not that just mm-hmm. come up. And instead of blaming it on someone mm-hmm. else to kind of take responsibility for that is incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, you know, I still feel that from time to time and maybe more often than I'd sure. like to admit of uh, just having a twinge of something like shit that kind Mm -hmm. of sucks or that kind of hurts but me being able to differentiate like my partner is not doing this to me I it is something that I need to work on Mm -hmm. and I need to get better at that's a huge difference yeah I mean that's 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 a big one the the jealousy Mm -hmm. thing just you know I know that there there are a few people out there who write blogs about polyamory or whatever who talk about never feeling jealous uh, and that's something that I'm like, I'd, cool, like good for you, I guess. But like, that's not me. Like, I'm not no, someone yeah. who's like, oh, I have no jealousy, so Polly's easy in that way or yeah. whatever, right? Like, yeah. Polly's something that I believe in and makes a lot of sense to me. But it's not something mm-hmm. that's easy all the time. But no. neither was monogamy, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't think life is set up to be easy all the time. Mm-hmm. If yeah. it was, I feel like we'd all be bored. Like that might that might sound nice, but I feel like we'd all just be like, whatever, life. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for sure. Can we talk about the other side of this though? So we've talked about yeah. blaming your partner yeah. for making you feel sad or or for making you feel lonely or whatever. But I think there's also something really um, tricky if you basically if you put also the other side of your responsibility for being happy onto your partner. And I feel like, or or either like saying that they're the reason why you're happy or expecting that that's what a partner would do. And mm. it's a tough one because that idea is super prevalent in yeah. our books and in our movies and plays and all of that, right? And also, like it the, also on the surface level does not seem like a bad concept also right. is the other part of it. Right, because yeah. we have these these concepts like soulmates and stuff like that, right? That it's, that it's like, oh, well, when you find the one, then it's all easy. Um, and most people who've been married for a long time will will back up the idea that it's not easy. It's always, yeah. you know, it's always work. It's always growing and changing. Absolutely. Um, but that idea, like the the you know, you complete me. That whole idea, I think, is actually a very toxic idea to your own happiness because it's one, it's going to make you probably end or throw away a lot of relationships that could actually have been really good ones. Um, because the, it, they didn't solve all of your emotional problems. And so it's like, well, that can't be the one. I'm just going to get rid of that. Or like, oh, I sometimes felt unhappy in that relationship. That can't be it. Um, and then also just even if you do find someone who does kind of give you that happiness, yeah, that that's not necessarily a sustainable thing or a healthy thing to put on them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and I definitely have been on both sides of this. I've yeah. I've been on the side of like if someone's not there I'm not happy and it's because I need them there to make me happy. Um yeah. 
and then I've also been on the other side too, where it's like, gosh, I feel this burden of like, I'm responsible for all of your happiness. Like, fuck, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. what if I'm just not feeling it that day or I'm having a bad <laughs> yeah. day? Like, what can I do? Cause I'm responsible for this other person's whole, yeah. like whole sense of well being, Right. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot to put on another person mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and I mean, even, you know, I mean, it's a lot, if you're in a monogamous relationship and kind of behaving in this way, that's a lot of pressure to put on another person. Um, yeah. but even if you have multiple partners, um, it's still, a it's lot. still, yeah. it's, yeah, it's still a lot. It's still not necessarily a healthy thing mm-hmm. to do. Um, yeah. but I mean, before we kind of get into, you know, figuring out what are the actual practical mm-hmm. ways to incorporate emotional responsibility, mm-hmm. I do want to talk about, um, I'm of the opinion that there is actually something as taking too much emotional responsibility. Mm -hmm. Um, I learned this the hard way in a past relationship of mine. Um, um, In my relationship with Brad, when like relatively early on in the relationship, if something happened or if he said something or if he did something and I felt upset about it or I felt insecure about it or I felt jealous or, you know, or I felt, you know, something negative, Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, I think in, in that phase, I was trying so hard to be a good poly person and I'd just be like, okay, like, got to take all my own shit, all my own shit, all my own shit. Okay. Just take responsibility. Um, and just like, do what you got to do. Just like go sit and meditate. Um, mm-hmm. go read a bunch of self-help books, um, and just get yourself to get over it and then everything will right. be fine. Um, and that worked to a certain point, um, until eventually it all kind of actually had to come out. Like, cause there were actually numerous things that I should have said something about, um, you know, or that I should have brought up or, you know, boundaries that I should have maintained, Mm -hmm. but that I didn't kind of in this interest of emotional responsibility. Um, so I know it's a tricky thing, but I think that there is a balance to be struck between, um, you know, uh, not blaming your partner for something, but also knowing Mm -hmm. when it is appropriate to actually bring something to your partner. Yeah. um, I mean, there are things like gaslighting that Mm -hmm. obviously Brad Mm -hmm. was, kind of you know he did to you at well, times that's that's a whole whole other but, story but that's the thing i mean it, you have to make sure that you are taking responsibility but also um making sure that you're not being hurt by your partner mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. there there mm-hmm. are two separate things yeah right and, and it's it is that fine line yeah. trying to figure out which is which and I, and i kind of feel like it's not something that you can just have an answer and always know what it is, but it's more mm-hmm. that it's important to always be asking that question, right? Yeah. Of where am I on this balance? Because yeah, on the one hand, it could true. be tempting to say, if you see something that's a pattern that's recurring, then it's like, oh, that's something that's a problem then. But it's like, but maybe that's a pattern in yourself that mm. you still need to do work on, right? So there's always these two sides to things, but it's, but it is being willing to ask that question and, and, um, you know, finding that and, balance between advocating for what it is that you actually need. And like you said, I think you said it well, Dedeker, like the, what your boundaries are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and having the self-insuredness right. to know what those are. Right. Yeah. To be like, yeah. here I am, this is what I need and what I don't need. And mm-hmm. this is what I'm capable of. Like a lot of people, I think the three of us are relatively good at being able to say like, Hey, I know that this is my shit and that I need to own it and that I need to work on that. Mm-hmm. And if you're able to do that, then you can know like, Hey, this is a reoccurring pattern within myself, or mm-hmm. this is something that maybe 
is not being fair that my partner is asking of me. Right. Um, sure. I think we're good about it most of the time. But the time. You're right. I'll speak for myself, <laughs> not all the time. I should pat myself on the back or ourselves on the back as much as right? I and, currently and I, am. I think there's also, um, you know, also going with that is, is I think some of that can come from this belief that if this particular relationship doesn't work out, whether it's a monogamous one or a poly one, if this doesn't work out, there aren't going to be any others. This is my only shot. I have to make this work somehow. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think that can also lead not only to what Dedeker was talking about, but also the idea of just being like, you might be upset about something and being like, Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. And, and bottling things up, refusing to feel things, which is something I did for, most of my life, uh, mm. Emily met me like right around the time that I learned to feel things, actually, which mm-hmm. was a tumultuous time, like first learning that. But for mm-hmm. so long, I would bottle things up. But then they do reach this point where you just feel like I don't understand why I'm acting this way or why I'm feeling this way, because it just kind of bubbles over. Um Right, or if you insist on being always totally rational about your feelings, like that's not how feelings work. If that's how they worked, they would be called thinkings, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, feelings—they do just, with, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they do just happen. The, you know, they happen inside of you. They they can be triggered by other things, and they do come from yourself. They're not caused specifically by other mm-hmm. things or given to you, but they are irrational. They're also not something that you can have Vulcan levels of control over. Uh, And if you do try to do that, it can actually really backfire and end up hurting you and the people in your life a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess what we really want to drive home here is that taking emotional responsibility doesn't mean um, that you just, you don't feel your emotions. Or you feel your emotions, but you don't let yourself do anything about it. You don't let yourself say anything or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Like, actually, it's quite the opposite. Right. Yeah. It's that by not letting your emotions rule you, but still listening to them and understanding them can help you do a better job of advocating for yourself in a reasonable way and in a way that's respectful with your partners. But at the same time, understanding that if even then you're not in a healthy emotional situation, that it is something you could get out of. And I know it's a tricky balance. And like I said, it's something that you kind of constantly need to be questioning. Where am I on this balance? And like re recalibrating, rebalancing for that. For a long time now, we've been fans of adamandeve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also have a promo code that will work on adammail.com and evestoys.com, which are their site specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's 50% off of almost any item in the store, and free discreet shipping when you use our code MULTI. Yes, we love adamandeve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor, and they just keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners. You can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com and select any one item. 
It can be, you know, an adventurous new toy or anything you desire, something fun, something sexy, whatever sounds good. So just enter offer code MULTI at checkout and you'll get 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. That's MULTI, M-U-L-T-I at adamandeve.com, adammail.com or evestoys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I. So the reason why I think that we as human beings struggle with emotional responsibility is because when you're in the middle of conflict or you're in the middle of a fight and it feels very, you know, me versus you, mm-hmm. it can be really hard to take emotional responsibility because then it feels like, well, that means I'm taking the blame. Mm-hmm. And that means mm-hmm. that I'm that I'm saying that this other person just gets off scot-free. Um, right, that I'm losing. And that it's... Yeah, that I'm losing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it can be difficult for us to actually kind of take a pause and actually kind of take responsibility for our own emotional reactions. Um, yeah. However, an interesting and I think much healthier way to think about it is the fact that when you take emotional responsibility, it's not that you're like giving up or that you're losing or that you're conceding or anything like that. It means that now that you've taken responsibility for your emotions, now you have the power to actually do something about the situation. Right. Um, You know, so for instance, if I'm in the middle of an argument with Jace and we're bickering, 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 and then I realize, oh, wait, like the reason why I got angry about this is because actually like it reminded me of something that happened in like my last relationship. And so Mm -hmm. I thought that it meant that like you didn't care about me or whatever. Um, So, wow. So like, that's entirely on me. Um, But that means that now I have a choice. Like now I can choose to, to use kind words. (laughs) Um, Uh I can choose to be honest about what's going on. I can choose to then ask for what it is that I need. Um, You know, like then I have a lot of choices in that situation rather Mm -hmm. than just being crushed under the weight of this negative emotional Mm -hmm. response. Yeah. And to to bring this to, uh, you know, a practical thing is that part of that choice could just be to stop, could just yeah. be to, to halt, which to we halt. like to say, right? If you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. To just so Josh and I add a D to it, so it's... Halted. Dalt. Oh, de-halt. Okay. <laughs> de-halt. <laughs> What's the D? Drinking. Or drunk. Um, yeah, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a good, a good one. one actually. I feel like, Jace, didn't you also add horny to that? I, we did add that at one point. At one point. point. Yeah. It gets halted, huh? But the point of it, right, is that one of your options is to just say, like, hey, you know what? I'm realizing, like, I'm sorry that I'm escalating this, that I'm causing this to be more of a fight than it needs to be. Like, I'm sorry for my part in that. I just need to stop. Like, can we come back to this later? Right. And set a time to come back to it. It's not just like, let's not talk about this now. Right. It's not that just like, Oh, we can't talk about this, Mm -hmm. but it's like, let's, let's make another time when we can have some time to maybe do some writing, which is something I really like to do. If I'm feeling Hmm. super emotional is to write stuff down and not, not to like make a list of all my like argument points for this, you know, debate you class that this, we're going to have, you bitch. but just yeah. for me to just kind of write stuff, get stuff out there onto paper. And when I do that, I can kind of see like, oh yeah, these are the things that matter. Or as I write something being like, yeah, I don't know. That's not really it. It kind of mm. helps me get some clarity uh, for me. That's a big handwriting specifically, not typing something. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but just doing something like to, 
to pause, right? Mm -hmm. Even if you don't have that insight right then of like, oh, this is because of this memory of, you know, my mother abandoning me at the supermarket or right. You might not have that epiphany in the moment. Did I just touch on your thing? I was raised in the supermarket from that moment. I lived in the supermarket. There's wolves in the supermarket. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You might not have that epiphany right then, but if you do have that awareness of, Oh shit, I'm escalating this. I'm reacting emotionally. I'm letting those control me rather than kind of understanding the emotions and then, making choices like maybe we just stop for a moment even if it's just for a few minutes (laughs) yes um and so when you do have that ability to kind of pause or to stop really quickly Mm -hmm. it does give you a chance to then take the time to try to figure out kind of what your triggers are or like what triggered you in that Mm. particular scenario um I, I think I remember in the ethical slut I think that it was either Janet or Dossie talked about how it took her years to realize that she had a weird trigger around like anything moving fast near her face. And I think it was oh, because of like some, it was because of, it was either like some situation where like one of her parents like hit her when she was a child Jeez. or it was like an accident that she was in or something like that, where it was right. like, if she was having any kind of conflict with a partner and if anything fast moved towards her face, um, that like she would just like dissolve into like rage and like mm. the whole thing would go out the window. Um, right. Jason and so that's something that's like pinched. you know c- completely not related to even what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and your triggers may be things that are that are you know less mysterious than that. You know it yeah. could be just things like wow you said this exact phrase to me that like my ex used to say to me all the time. Um, right. And you th- know, they won't um, know that, right? Like, and they won't know that <laughs> they don't exactly. Have that context. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, you know, you can find out your triggers. You know, if you want to really get deep into it, you can do some kind of counseling, some kind of therapy to really unpack mm-hmm. any kind of past trauma or past habits, things like that. Any kind of personal development work, even just that, even doing the halt thing of just knowing, like, oh, I know that when I get hungry. I'm really a bitch. Right. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> or even just knowing, like, sorry, guys, I'm super sleepy. That's why I'm really cranky with you right now. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, just, just kind of getting a, a, you know, just getting a sense of what it is that triggers you is a good first step into knowing how to take responsibility for those, for having those triggers. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, the, the next technique that I wanted to talk about is something that has really been big for me. And I'm actually kind of stealing Dedeker's Thunder a little bit here because this is a meditation-related technique. Um, but this is about understanding understanding physically what your emotional responses are mm-hmm. as they're happening. Um, and this is something like where they're that, felt in the body? Right. Like Dedeker was talking earlier about, you know, when you feel an emotion, usually it's in your body somewhere. And yeah. whether you choose to feed that or not, you know, it could just go away. But in, um, again, relating to Brad, there was a time, you know, quite a while when like I was dealing with a lot of, you know, uh, upsetness and sort of anger at what I perceived as injustice, not only toward myself, but also for both of you guys. And that was something that was like very triggering for me in a very angry way 
right? Of like, I want to, I need to like fix this. I need to, to punish the perpetrator of this, right? Or I've got to, right? Like something has to happen. Whether the perpetrator at that time was Dedeker for having done something, or if it was Brad for having said something about me or having done something to Emily, or right? Like all of this, like all those different combinations. And what this was is a specifically a meditation where you think of something that triggers that emotion in you or even just do this when you're having that feeling but is to imagine that you are moving outside of yourself and you're perceiving yourself from right outside and you can like see what's happening in your body you can see what's tightening what's clenching like where those feelings are you know if you're someone who you know sees them as colors mm-hmm. or as shapes or as textures or whatever but the the point of it is to almost like take this step out and you're still feeling this anger or this sadness or this loneliness or whatever but you're kind of watching it and being able to go huh well that's fascinating like this is this is me <laughs> being like that's fascinating like you're fascinating you're, let's try that right like there's all this energy yeah. up in your shoulders and like this mm. this tightness in your throat about that like that's really interesting mm-hmm. that that's how you're reacting to this mm-hmm. um but that, that it kind of takes it takes you from being in this place of like your emotions are this storm around you that you can't escape mm-hmm. to being like oh i can see them happening and that for me was a, a trigger into kind of understanding where those feelings were in my body, but then also being able to then let them go and not keep feeding them because then I'm just mm-hmm. thinking about watching the feelings and watching mm-hmm. as they go away instead of yeah. being caught in this cycle of, Oh, but what if I did this? Or like, Oh, I'm so mad about this. What if I did this other thing? You know? Um, so that was a really helpful technique for me. That's awesome. Nice. Nice. Um, um we should definitely, learn how to communicate what we're feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and a good way to do that is to use I statements. So, mm. for example, when this happened, I felt like X because <laughs> I thought it meant Y mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Instead right. of pinning the blame on your partner, saying, you made me feel this way. How right. could you do that? You are the bad guy. <laughs> right. Yeah, Instead, so I- yeah, yeah, using the I statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's so. Huge. Yeah, it, it could be it could be something like, "Well, you didn't text me back right away. Like, you're so irresponsible, and like, you don't care about me." Um, yeah, that's a lot. It of could blame. be something like, "Be like, yeah, like, well, when I didn't get a response from you for three hours, like, mm-hmm. I felt, I felt really lonely, and I felt disappointed because I thought that it meant that like you weren't thinking about me, or that like you didn't mm-hmm. care about um, our communication." Um, right. Imagine being on the other side of that. Right. Mm -hmm. If someone says like, oh, you didn't text me at all today. Like you weren't thinking about me. You didn't care about me. And you're like, what the fuck? Like you're putting ideas into my head. Like, I don't know what to do with this. You Mm -hmm. could react angrily too. whereas Mm -hmm. on the other side, it's like this, you know, this happened. I didn't hear from you today all day. Like I felt really sad because like in my mind that meant that you didn't care. It gives the other person an opportunity to say, oh, my gosh, no, that's not at all what it was. It was I was busy and stressed about this other thing and I didn't want to burden you with how stressed I was or Mm -hmm. right or I didn't even know that you were feeling that way I'm so sorry right that it gives them the opportunity to be the good guy and help say hey you don't need to feel that thing as Mm -hmm. opposed to Mm -hmm. saying you did this you felt this right like telling someone else how they feel yeah yeah Yeah. Um, 
And so, as I said at the beginning of this, what I do like about emotional responsibility is that then you can kind of use it as an opportunity to be like, okay, well, now that I know that this is what's going on inside of me, mm-hmm. this is what I need. And mm-hmm. that may not necessarily be something that you communicate to your partner. It may be something where you realize like, oh, I have a trigger about this because like this happened right. in a previous relationship. Yeah. So, okay, I think what I need is just to kind of like take some time to myself and like, Mm -hmm. or maybe I need to take some time with counseling or maybe I just need to go take some time and grab a beer with my best friend and complain about my last relationship, (laughs) Um, you know, to help process that. Um, Mm -hmm. Or it could be something that you communicate to your partner. It could be something like, well, like, oh, okay, well, you know, maybe in the future, do you mind, like, if you are busy with something and can't respond right away, just letting me know that really Mm -hmm. quickly and then we're cool, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And something or, like know, a something monthly like scrum that. is a great way to do that, too. Because mm, then it's yes, not right it's when you're upset sure. about it. You have a specific time to talk about yeah. that. Go back and listen to our episode about relationship scrum. Yeah, it's really yes. awesome. <laughs> it's really, really awesome. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you, Tedeker. Please continue. No, you're good. Um, I think we hit the main things. I mean, this is such a big topic and like such a big heavy topic and i feel mm-hmm. like this i like I, I feel like every single time there's any kind of conflict big or small in any of my relationships like this is completely this. relevant yeah. because um since none of us are dating vulcans yet these <laughs> human emotions find their way into every single situation yeah yeah they do <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> it's true but like i said if we didn't have them we would all just be so bored with relationships we wouldn't even give a fuck no, that's true. So. That's true. Very true. That's true. And then we wouldn't have a podcast. We'd be podcasting about, like, Nothing. I don't know, fashionable eyebrow styles. Ooh. I, I don't know. Can it's you have Vulcan, fashion Vulcan without Vulcan emotion? Thing. There's your topic to discuss at home. Ooh, Get a group shit. together. Ooh. That's intense. Is it possible Ooh. to have art and fashion without emotion? Without emotion. Oh, there you go. You're one. welcome. You're welcome. Your next dinner party conversation <laughs> <Maybe> is solved. <laughs> Maybe the patron group can tackle that one. Indeed. Yeah, totally. Okay, thank you everybody so much. We love you all so much for listening. And uh, if you want to support our show, check out our Patreon. And uh, we'll see you next week on our next episode. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Bye. Auf Wiedersehen.